0: Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate.
1: Say you don't need no diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things that money just can't buy. I don't care too
0: much for money. Money can't buy me enough. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host Drew Tignanelli.
2: This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money Riches and Wealth and uh, tonight, the co-host is
0: Leo Laveza. That was a great introduction, Drew. I like it. How you doing tonight, Leo? I'm doing great. How you doing?
2: I was in town and I got out of town before the hurricane came.
0: I think you brought it with you. I think secretly you planned this.
2: <laughs> we had a lot of rain down here, but not like you got though. So, uh, but anyway, we're here uh, tonight with Leo. We're on an open show. That means that you, the listener, are the guest. You get to direct the conversation. I say this every week. You know, I don't know why I have to keep saying it every week, but you're the you're the guest. You get to direct the conversation. Four one zero. is the way to call in and ask that question, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. We delight in the opportunity and in helping you with your uh, personal financial planning and uh, anything we can do to help uh, increase your wealth efficiency, uh, anything we can do to prevent you from having invisible losses, um, which we'll talk about in a second or two. That's what we're here for. And, uh, you know, if you if, you, you know, I was talking to Sean this morning, and I don't know who out there heard me, uh, but, you know, when I was talking to Sean this morning on his show, I was saying to him, you know, people have invisible losses that they make a decision or they they do they do something with a financial person or with a lawyer or an accountant or they go to a dealership and they buy a car or they do their tax returns, et cetera, et cetera. And and they think, okay, it's done. It's great. I got it. You know, I got the car. I got it at a, you know what I think is a good price, et cetera. I got the estate work done. It was really nice, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But little do they realize that they didn't have all the information to make that decision. And they overpaid, they overpaid taxes, they overpaid on the car, they overpaid for the estate planning. You know, matter of fact, when when somebody says to me, you know, hey, we're doing estate documents where we're talking to the XYZ law firm. You know, there are a couple law firms around town. The minute I hear it, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you talk to them, before you let them do any work, before you sign anything with them, let's talk, okay? And let's just make sure that you're making the best decision, you know? So, you know, this is what a professional advisor is to do. You know, and nowadays it's not just about investing money. It's not just about, you know, um, you know, selling a client insurance policy. That's what it was 20 or 30 years ago. In today's world, a true professional financial advisor should be able to invest your money for you and with you. Um, But they should also be able to independently advise on insurances. You don't want them selling you the insurance. You should never have a financial advisor who gets a commission for the product they sell you. And that's my opinion, just like a general practitioner in medicine should never say, here's Lipitor and I'm going to get $5 a month for you to take this Lipitor. That would be absurd. I would not want a doctor that does that. But a real professional advisor should be able to say to you, hey, before you go to an attorney and talk about estate planning let's talk let me educate you about the general principles of estate planning so that when you go you you go uh fully understanding what you're talking to them about and you make sure that you get what you all you need you don't need any more and that you pay the kind of price for it that is commensurate for your estate planning whether you're simple or sophisticated so anyway that's what invisible losses are i mean there's there's hundreds and hundreds of them and the more knowledge you have about what things cost and what you can do to lower your taxes and the state planning and so forth and so forth uh, the more you can avoid those invisible losses Uh, but they compound over time and i estimate that the average person probably loses uh, depending on your total net worth and income, anywhere from 10000 to to 100000 a year, easily in the decisions they're making without the full understanding. So we're on an open show tonight, Leo, right? We are.
0: We are. We don't have any callers yet. Lines are open.
2: Yeah, well, sometimes when I ramble, they don't call in. So I should just give the phone number out: 410-922-6680 if you want to call in, 410 410- is the best way to call in and ask your question anything whether you want to talk about social security that's a big invisible loss i can't tell you how many times i've had to save people from making uh, bad decisions on social security Um, and and you know the invisible loss may not be right away it's ultimately in time that if they make that decision you know in time if they're still alive it could cost them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, you know anyway we're here on an open show tonight 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and uh, this time of year you know all kinds of things on people's minds
0: that's right well and it's it's almost the most wonderful time of the year tax season starts soon tax is-
2: season i love tax season it's a it's a good time of year uh, leo you know and uh, maybe you got a question about taxes you're getting prepared for taxes you're thinking it out And you're saying, well, what about this? What about that? You know, and so forth. Maybe you have a question on that. We're here on an open show. We're out of time in this first quarter, but uh, we're ready for your questions in the second quarter after this pause. If you want to call in and ask your question, 410-922-6680. That's 410-922-6680. And take it away, traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, social security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical And you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference.
0: Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBL.
2: We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth, here with Leo LaVeza, and we're on an open show tonight. And the open show uh gets you get to be the guests you get to determine the direction of the conversation so call in and ask your question 410-922-6680 and and leo told me that we do have someone online who's online with us there leo jim right we, that's right
0: we've got jim on the road jim what can we do for you tonight
1: hi leo hi drew hey and, uh, i have a question about mm-hmm. uh, a piece of property that uh, I help my mom. She lives with my wife and I, and uh, she lo- owns a, a piece of property, and it's uh, it's rented fine, and we're you know just waiting to sell it, you know, until uh, to to avoid you know capital gains, you know, in, in future years uh, we we would sell it later. But would there be an advantage, or what, what? could you tell me about the considering of doing a a lease or a rent to own? Uh, now I know I could probably increase the um, the rental. But I guess I'd have to agree on a on a sales price. Do you, do you have any experience,
2: or could you advise on that? So let me just make sure I understand what you're talking about. It's your it was your mother's personal residence, and she just recently moved out of it, correct? No, no, that's a good
1: question. It's um, it's uh, it's like a service station, so
2: it's uh, it's commercial property. It's a commercial property. So when you said you were going to get it, uh tax-free I didn't understand what you meant by that
1: if well, you sold it once you, yeah, once you eventually passes
2: it'll uh, it'll we'll, we'll you'll get the step up gains. in bases and you won't pay the capital gains tax right yes sir but if you sell it during her lifetime then you won't get that right correct so when you say do a uh, sale with a lease uh you know to buy in the future are you thinking that if you did that you would get the step up um if she died later and you had still an installment sale going is that what you're asking
1: uh well yeah um well i guess i was i was thinking that i guess the sale wouldn't actually take place until either the, 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 the buyer you know said okay let's you know pull the trigger now when we would be willing to sell it or does, does the actual sale take place when we make this agreement
2: okay so i understand your question now so and it's a good question it's an interesting question so if you just have a rental agreement and they have an option to buy and you don't want to let them execute that option to buy until after mom has passed away then it would be 100% step up. Now, you got to be careful if our current president uh, and his party gets reelected. They're trying to do away with a large portion of the step up in basis. You would only have one million dollars of step up in bases. So keep that in mind for the long term. Um, But if that were not to happen, you would get a step up if the buy took place after she passed away. But in the interim, they're paying rent. And you're you're going to guarantee them that some of that rent could potentially go toward a sale if they execute that option to buy. Okay. Now, if you did an installment sale where you sell the property now, um, but you know they basically pay it off over 10 or 20 years or something like that, and you assume that mom's not going to be with you in that period of time. Uh, the 100% of the gain will still be taxable to you. That'll be called income with respect to a decedent. You don't get the step up because it was realized while she was alive. So the answer to your question is you'd want to do an option to buy, not a uh, sale with an installment sale. Is that helpful?
1: Okay. Yes, yes. Thank you very much.
2: All right. Good question. Very good question. And that was a great what? question. Let's move on. See, uh, you be careful out there. and Have a good time. Oh, whoa. Scott fell into Middle River. Was <laughs> that right. what happened to
0: him? He must have. That's right. <laughs> but it's all right because we've got Ben in Pasadena now. So, Ben, what can we do for you tonight?
3: Uh, hi. hi, guys. I have yeah. a uh, question about uh, Genworth long-term care. Yeah. Um, my wife and I are about 12 years into, a, into them right now. And uh, we recently got this big uh, fat letter regarding the Genworth lawsuit settlement.
2: Yeah, you and a handful of our clients too.
3: Uh, that's, I was hoping you have had a few. Uh, you know, it, it gives you a option to take a lump sum and choose new options, which would reduce your benefits or keep it as is with the, and bear the increasing costs. And I'm just wondering what advice you're giving your clients. <sighs>
2: That's a tough one, Ben. You know, because each client is different. Every every client is a, a unique situation. You know, you have to you have to assess your risk, and you know you're not going to be able to get long term care from someone else. And you got to keep in mind that this private equity firm that took over uh, Genworth is uh, they're no dummies. They're trying to lure people in to take these options. Um, And that they can end up making a fairly healthy profit in the long run. That's what they're after. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, their premiums are going to be higher. You do have the insurance commissioner trying to help you restrain some of their increases. So um, what you have to really do is you have to look at the options they're, they're selecting there. You have to look at your policy. You have to consider your overall risk. And uh, and make a decision customized to yourself. There is no patent answer to this. We've had clients that we've said, just keep the policy and pay the increase regardless what it is. We've had other clients that we said, you have a lot of pension income. You have a lot of social security. You don't need all this coverage that Genworth is having. So let's cut the policy back some and, uh, you know, you know uh, sort of... Uh, you know, cut our losses to some degree in case this thing doesn't work out in the long run. So yeah, but- I I wish they could give you a more specific answer, um, but you really have to analyze it from your own risk management perspective uh, and knowing that Genworth is a somewhat questionable company.
3: Yeah, that's what I was asking. And that's what so the next concern was uh, what's their viability for the future.
2: That's a, a very difficult question to answer. Um this private equity company that took it over is doing everything they can to entice people to take that lump sum and that lump sum, if they can get enough people to take that lump sum, uh, you know, this could they could be very profitable and very, uh, um, you know, long term going concern for somebody like yourself, if Mm -hmm. you're the one that holds on for the long term. But I can't. uh, I can't assure you that in any way, shape or form, because, uh, you know, Genworth has been in trouble ever since 2005, I think it was, when we told clients, do not do uh, long-term care with Genworth because, you know, they've they've got some very uh, questionable, that used to be General Electric, uh, you know, it was part of General Electric, and they spun it off as General Electric Capital Corporation, and then it became Genworth. And after the 2008 financial crisis, a a Chinese insurance company came in and wanted to buy it. It's called Star Insurance Company. And it probably would have been the best deal for everyone. Uh, But the good old government, uh, you know, didn't like it, didn't like that it was a Chinese insurance company. (laughs) And they basically, uh, you know, kept them in the lurk uh, for four years, I think, they tried to purchase it.
3: So I, I basically <clears throat> would need, in, in order to get a definitive answer, I need to go to go to someone who can, uh, uh, you know, uh, ring this thing out and, and give me some sound advice. But, huh?
2: Yeah, but be very careful who you choose to do that, because the last person you want to talk to is a long-term care insurance agent, you know? Right. yeah. So um, yeah. just be, be very careful who you choose to do that. I mean, if you if you wanted to just call in my office and say, could Drew specifically look at this with me, I'd be more than happy to do that. It'll only take me about, you know, maybe 20 minutes or so with you on the phone to do that. So, you know, that wouldn't be a problem if you if you just want somebody to do that. And I won't charge anything to do it because it is it is a pain in the neck that people have to go through this with Genworth.
3: OK, well, I, I, I will do that.
2: All right, well if you do, I'll be more than happy to spend 15 20 minutes with you looking it over, asking you some questions and trying to help you make a decision on it, okay?
3: Thank you. I appreciate your insight.
2: All right, Ben, you take care. I wish there was better answers on that one, Leo. That's a that Genworth one's a tough one. But anyway, Uh, We're on an open show tonight. We've had some good questions already, first half of the show. So if you want to call in and ask a question, second half of the show, we're here to answer it for you, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 there's all kinds of questions uh you know we were talking about invisible losses i wish that everyone listening right now could understand how detrimental these invisible losses are and and leo would tell you that we have clients coming in all the time new clients coming in and we look at their things and we say gosh we wish we could have talked to you a year ago <laughs> we wish we could have stopped you from going to talk to that group over there we wish we you know you really didn't need all this i don't know why you paid for all this and so forth the list goes on and those are what are li- visible losses anyway we've got to take a pause take getaway traffic this is drew tignanelli and i have a question for you is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice do you get strategies to reduce taxation social security medicare advice sophisticated retirement planning investment allocation strategies estate planning or help with any issue of money it is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you will experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410 410- 823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference.
1: back to more of money riches and wealth
0: on talk radio 680 WCBM
2: we're back money riches and wealth here with Leo Leveza and uh, we're on an open show we're here to answer your questions you get to direct the conversation I believe Leo you have one caller online is that correct that's correct so I have only one caller online we have plenty of lines open then there's uh, at least three or four lines open And, um, you know, uh, you can also dial that if you wanted to, 800-922-6680 if you wanted to. And remember that 922-6680, spells out on your phone as WCBM680 if you want to remember it that way. Um, 410-922-6680. Call in while we go to Jim and answer his question. Let's go, Leo.
0: That's right. Jim, what's on your mind tonight?
4: Hi, guys. How are you tonight? Great. I've got a question about an IRA. Um, About four years ago, I took an IRA that was a a fixed-rate IRA at about 1%, and it's a seven-year term on it. But what they allow me to do is take ten percent of that money out each year and uh I've been reinvesting it in IRAs
2: that pay much better rates. Oh well, can I ask you a quick question? Go ahead. Uh, what what is it with a bank or in a new an insurance company?
4: It's it's with Mass Mutual.
2: Oh, it's with Mass Mutual, okay. So go ahead.
4: Okay. So um When I I got it, I believe that when rates went up, it would start to, you know, move that that yearly rate up that I can lock in. Um, It didn't the first three years. This year, it's moving up a little. But what happened is last year, I took uh, 10% out, and I went to a local uh, bank, and I opened an IRA. Okay. Okay. And I turned around and added money to it for my contribution for um, 22, because I opened it in, like, January of 23. Right. So this year I took the 10%, but I knew I was going to do it. So that plan with Mass Mutual runs from December the 15th to December the 15th. So this year I hit them right away. And they actually got that, if you want to call it a transfer or distribution out, uh, before the end of the year. So I went back okay. into the same bank, and they said, we can't do it. We can't open another IRA. It's because of you, you'd be opening two in a year. And I said, well, what if we so, just wait until 24 and open it?
2: So here's you know you know that's the problem with dealing with banks, but uh, um, you can go plenty of places and open that up. But here's the here's the issue, okay? When you're getting the ten percent, they're just sending that ten percent to you in your name, right? Right. Okay. And And then what you're doing is you're doing a sixty day rollover, okay? So you're you're doing what's called a sixty day rollover. Now, if you would take that ten percent distribution. and say to the, in, in, yes, mutual, I want to do a trustee to trustee transfer directly to the bank with uh, this IRA account, then that you can do that all day long. It doesn't matter. But when you do a 60-day rollover, you have to go back and look at when your distribution took place in 2023, and it's got to be exactly 366 days or more from the day you did that distribution the last time. And if it is, then the bank's full of baloney. If it isn't...
4: Yeah, it was January the 15th of 23, and then the other one was 1228 of
2: 23. Well, that's 365 days, right?
4: No, it's less than
2: 365. So tell me the day again, the first one was...
4: January the 15th of Oh so
2: it was January of 23. I'm sorry. I I heard right. I was thinking I of December of 22.
4: Enough to take the 10%, but they only allow one You you can't
2: you can't do a 60 day rollover now. You're 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 toast, unfortunately. I hate to tell you Can I that. I
4: give it back to Mass Mutual.
2: Uh y- no. No. It's distributed And the only way you can give it back to, you can ask them if they'll take it back as a, you know, like you didn't distribute it. And if they're willing to do that, that's great. But they can't take it back as a 60-day rollover either. But if they're willing to do it, since you haven't cashed the check, as if it was never distributed, that would be great. But, you know, you're going to have to ask them if they'll do that. But you always have to keep that in mind. And that's in, in the future, Jim you want to ask mass mutual to do what's called a trustee to trustee transfer to whatever okay, the
4: only right like, the only problem with that was i didn't know where i was going to put it
2: yeah i know and i understand what you're saying that you didn't understand didn't know where you were going to put it but i would not make my decision to even take it until i know where i'm going to put it and then do a trustee to trustee transfer so you never run into this 60 day problem again, unless you just want to monitor the, the 365 days. So, um, next but, year, the
4: date I have to worry about would be 1227 of 23, as well, long as it was sometime in, in
2: yeah, 1228 in of 24, you would be okay to take your distribution, okay. right. Because you took it out in 1220 with this
4: money. I mean, it's not that much, but I still don't want to pay taxes on it.
2: Yeah. How much is a penalty if you liquidated the thing with mass mutual?
4: There's no, oh, oh, it's good. God, uh, on the last statement, it was almost 10%.
2: Yeah. You see, you know, that's what we're, that's what we refer to as invisible losses that, you know, You, you make a decision, you think it's a good decision, but you're you're not getting the full picture from, uh, you know, the information that you need to make the full decision and you make a decision. And, you know, and unfortunately, now you got it became visible to you. Unfortunately, most people who own these things, it's invisible to them of what they got into and what it's doing to them. You're smart enough to figure out, hey, I don't want to be in this thing anymore. But then I, all of a sudden it I'm became visible. Well,
4: yeah, I, I have to find something to do with this. Yeah, um,
2: you're going to have to just pay taxes on it. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's uh, it's it's part of the law that they passed about 15, 20 years ago, and there's no there's no way around it that I can think well,
4: of. You just one question: Wouldn't Mass Mutual say you can't do this again in the calendar year twenty three? You have to wait till twenty four.
2: No, because are you over 59 and a half?
4: Sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: so as well, long as you're well, over 59 they they don't care. They say, well, maybe he wants it to spend or something. They don't know what you're doing with it.
4: No, I didn't want to spend it. I, yeah, I know, but
2: th- that's not their concern. You're over 59 and a half, There's no penalty to take it out. If you want money, you want your 10%, come and get it, and they don't care. That's unfortunate, well, but... but-
4: would the IRS say anything if I opened an IRA anyway? Okay. And didn't. Well, let me ask
2: you a quick question. Are you, are you working? Oh, sure. You are.
4: Yeah, I worked the rest of my life. I'm going to die at work.
2: And how much are you single or married? Uh, married. Married. And how much money do you two make on your tax return? What do you report?
4: Probably about 110.
2: 110. Perfect answer. Is your wife working? Yes. And do you both have a 401k plan?
4: Yes, we do. Well, she does and I do. All hers is in IRAs.
2: So she doesn't have one, right?
4: Yeah, they don't have one.
2: So what you do is you could open up an IRA in her name and make up to a $7,500 tax deductible contribution with uh, for her for 2023, all the way up until April 15th, and that would probably cover the money that you got, or at least a good portion of it. Did I make that clear?
4: Yes, so basically I'm just trading that money for another IRA, but I'm gonna count it in, should I count it for 23? You're
2: gonna take it off your 23 tax return. Okay, okay. so that's your. How much money is it that you got from Mass Mutual?
4: Like seven.
2: Seven. Perfect. You take seventy-five hundred. You do a tax-deductible IRA, contributory IRA for your wife. She's eligible to do it because she your your total income's not over like one hundred twenty thousand, and and she doesn't have a four hundred one k plan, so she can do a deductible IRA, and boom. You just wipe that money out in a different way than the 60-day rollover. That's a perfect answer for you, Jim.
4: Yeah, well, years ago to buy a house, I took a 60-day rollover out of an investment account. Okay, because we had a house to sell and the house hadn't sold yet. And I knew it was going to sell. We had the contract, but the timing didn't work out. So I took... So I
2: got to, I got to take a pause. Can you hold and tell us the rest of that story when I come back? Sure. All right. So hold and You're going to tell us that. And then we're going to go to Jay and Glenn Bernie. Take it away. Traffic.
0: back to more of money riches and wealth on talk radio 680 wcbm
2: all right leah let's go back to jim and hear the rest of his story real quick okay that sounds good jim you're on the air hi jim um
4: yeah basically what what i did was i withdrew um uh like 50 grand from the investment account okay settled on the house waited till the other household got the money back and 55 days later I put the 50 grand back in the investment account and yep. no harm, no fail. That was, you know, that was. We do
2: that was, all the time, but you have to be very careful how you do it because sometimes yeah. they require you to take two or three months worth and you can only put one month worth back in the account if you do that. So in your situation, it worked easy because I'm assuming you only took one fifty dollars payment out.
4: Right. And uh, there was enough to do everything I needed to. And then I basically replaced it with the profit from the other house.
2: Yeah, uh, but, uh, perfect.
4: This one, this one got me in. Um, uh, yeah, well, you know,
2: but you've got a good answer here. You know, just do a contributory okay. IRA and it works out the exact same way. It washes it out. It's just not going to wash it out on the same line.
4: And yeah, no, still, I hate to, to do that because I wanted to put more in. Uh, but hey, we'll work it out. We'll it's
2: work it out. it's it's you. it's totally it's totally irrelevant whether it goes back in as a sixty-day rollover or as a contributory IRA to your wife. It's it works perfectly. So anyway, see you, Jim. Good question, and uh, hopefully that solution works for you. Let's go right. see what Jay has to say.
0: That's right, Jay. Thanks for your patience. What can we do
3: for you? Um, hello. So my. My wife inherited some funds, and we have some rentals, and her inheritance came in the form of an IRA, and her father's um, broker rolled it over for us, so now that it's in her name. We would love to do a self-directed IRA and invest those funds into rentals. Um, We have other rentals, and just wanted to know what would be involved in that.
2: So how old are you, by the way, just in general? 62. Sixty two. Okay, so let me answer one question first and let me give you something else to think about in the future. And so the answer is you'd have to go to a self trustee IRA like uh, Sterling Trust or um, uh, Zia, Zia Trust. Uh, There's a whole ton of them, you know, and you you set it up with them and uh, you buy the properties and you report to them what the properties are worth. Now the biggest thing when you're owning self-rentals though, uh, Jay, is you have to be very knowledgeable and conscious of what's called a prohibited transaction. And the IRS is very, very aggressive in this area. A prohibited transaction is where you own an investment in your IRA And while it's in the IRA, you have any form of personal benefit from that IRA. For example, and you might not even uh, realize that you've done a prohibited transaction. So, for example, you buy a rental property and you go in and renovate it yourself. You could, just by renovating it yourself, be performing a prohibited transaction Because by renovating it yourself, you're putting uh, your own time and money into it and increasing the value of the property as opposed to it being an investment, Uh, you know, the investment is increasing in value. Um, you know, so you've got to be careful or, or another common one is you go you go down to the ocean and you buy an ocean condo and then you and your family go and use it for 14 days because you say the law allows you to use it for 14 days. Well, that's not true in a in a uh, self-trustee IRA. Any personal use is a prohibited transaction. And when it falls under a prohibited transaction, the rules are that you owe taxes on the entire investment that was subject to a prohibitive movement. So you just have to learn those laws and get yourself a self-trusted IRA. Now, keep in mind also that the IRA that you inherited has to be fully liquidated within 10 years and pay taxes on it, Right. Right. So that's going to be an issue that you're going to have to be cautious of, too. How do I do that? Am I going to have to distribute it all at the end of 10 years and pay taxes on it? And every year you have to revalue the property, too. You have to get appraisers, appraisals on every piece of property so that you can give uh, the, uh, the self trustee IRA the valuation so they can calculate your required minimum distributions and so forth. So those are some of your problems to think about, um, you know, and, uh, and to be aware of before you do it. But one last thing about rental properties at your age is you have to have a succession plan. What's your, what's your strategy that if you and your spouse get older and not able to handle the properties as well, how do they get taken over and how do they get managed and so forth? So that's something just to, that's an add on to just think about for the long term. Okay.
1: Indeed. And we, we did set up a family trust for that, but um, Great. But I know that, you know, it's, there's probably some other things there.
2: Yeah, but well. I think that family trust is fantastic as long as your children are on board and saying, hey, mom and dad, don't worry. We're, we're part of the family wealth and we're going to take care of these properties with you while you're alive and healthy. But if you ever become unhealthy or pass away, we're going to take over and you don't have to worry. That's the perfect scenario. Mhm. Okay. All right.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much. You you
3: clear up a lot of things for me.
2: I don't know if I made you happy with my answer, but I cleared it up some. <laughs> Sounds like a bear trap. <laughs> All right, Jay. Good thank question. You. Great, great question. That is an interesting one, Leo, that these people do like to use their 401ks or IRAs in these self-trusteed accounts and then they start buying real estate investments or or they start a business. Now that's that's the most dangerous of them all. You start a business, okay, where you're running the business. It's immediately a prohibited transaction. You have to be very careful if you're gonna use a 401k or an IRA to start your own business. And you just need to learn these prohibited transaction rules because the IRS is very, very aggressive on the prohibited transaction rules. And they will uh, overturn the whole IRA or you know, possibly even the whole IRA, not just the investment that caused the prohibited transaction. So it can be, it, it, there have been some astronomical tax uh, losses for people who did a prohibited transaction, so you learn those rules if you're ever going to do something like that with your IRA. Anyway, we don't have anybody else online, do we? We do not. We got them all. So you get to ask the question.
0: Well, the question, the thing we were talking about over the break is, you know, one of your big things is online banks, and we were talking about uh, how how great it is when we see the light bulb kind of go off in clients' heads. When they start using the online banks and they see the benefit of the interest and things like that uh...
2: yeah we've been preaching the online banks uh, for i don't know 10 years Uh, but just this year we were able to participate in a program called flourish and uh, flourish uses multiple banks and they only work through uh, independent fee-only advisors like uh like our firm and uh, but they use multiple banks. They use like 20 banks. So our clients have up to eight million dollars of FDIC insurance on their account because their money's spread out between multiple banks. And single people have four million of FDIC insurance. And the interest rate is anywhere from five percent, or maybe never lower than four and a half percent, if they have the full eight million. And it might be. on some of it, but 5% is the typical, at least on the first million dollars or so. And uh, because we can do the application for them, Leo, we can do the application, send it to them, and they get an email from us saying, okay, now all you got to do is you set up your username, password, and uh, link your checking account. And because we do all that work for them, immediately all of our clients are now all of a sudden just starting to do flourish. And now they're taking their money out of these brick and mortar banks that are paying them nothing. And next thing you know, they're, they're shocked and they're saying, I'm getting $800 a month in interest. I'm getting $500 a month. I'm getting, one client said, I'm getting $4,000 a month. I, I've been sitting, getting $10 a month before. You know? That's right. So you're absolutely right. Online banks, uh, FDIC insured. You know, you got to be doing it. You don't want to leave your money in these brick-and-mortar banks paying you nothing. Anyway, Leo, we're out of time. Great to be with you, my friend. It's always a privilege, Drew. And this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. Be for your love
1: with love? Show them the way you feel. Things are gone.